This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at super vegan brian at nerdcaster mike at Kersey smurf erica and of course at nerdcast radio thanks for listening everyone enjoy the show welcome to Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. So, hey everybody, it's your host, Special Mikey. Along with me is Super Vegan Brian. Hello, nurse. And, of course, Mike Prime Myler. How are you doing today, sir? I am good. How are you today, fellow human friends? Very good. You, 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 you sound a little uh, clunky. <coughs> no, I'm fine. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> How hungover are you? I am a little hungover. I drank... I don't drink much anymore, and so seven blue moons fucked me up pretty good. It's like, I don't drink that much anymore, but when I do, it's a problem. <laughs> well, if you're going to get in the pool, get in the fucking pool. <laughs> uh, I don't think my stomach could hold seven beers anymore. Well, you find a way. You'll be surprised. I, I drank a very strong alcoholic hard cider last night as well and i'll tell you right now that uh, the large the bottle being as large as like ah it's a cider it's, it's, the bottle doesn't matter i'll be fine and half of that cider is like i gotta put this down i had coleslaw made with apple cider vinegar does that count sure why not <laughs> sounds like extremely extremely portland <laughs> you know I think Portland, it's like you have to have apple cider vinegar with the mother in your in your um, spice cabinet. I think that's a Portland thing. I was, it just sounded like a Portlandia thing, like Frank and Frank and Carrie have to go around Portland trying to find the best apple cider coleslaw. They find the one place that doesn't like actually put apple cider vinegar in it, and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> Why oh my God, Carrie! Here? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. What? They they don't put apple cider vinegar in their coleslaw. How do you stay open? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, Mister Mike Prime, how is it that you have come to grace us again with your presence for some? Yeah, I mean, tell us a little. Maybe who are uh, you? Yeah, no. give us a little refresher who you are for me, somebody who might be tuning in for the first time. I am a uh, full-time freelance game designer uh, on tabletop RPGs. So I'm like the editor of the E-Insider Patreon, which is great. If you like D&D, we are the biggest D&D Patreon out there. Um, and I also make my own campaign settings and stuff. And uh, Brian asked me to come on this morning, so I'm here. One of the uh, reasons I asked Mike to be here is because we're going to talk about something very RPG and video game related. We're going to be talking about treasure, treasure. and how that affects games. Um, but first... 
But first, we got to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You? This is where your hosts sit down and talk about the nerdiest things they've done this week, and then at the end, they all vote using Mike Myler's patented widget system. Did yeah. you experience a glitch in the Matrix in the middle of that? Yeah, my eye twitched. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I, I rode, I, I started to say Mike Myler's patented widget system, and I was like, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm the Mike Myler they're always talking about. <laughs> um, He's here. Mike Twitch, Myler, Twitch. the one responsible for making our short little 10-minute game last for a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Good game to um, do. Here to waste everybody's time. But Mike Prime, since you are here first... Well, no, that's not the right thing. Since you are our guest, you get to go first. <laughs> <laughs> since you're here first. What was nerdy with you this week? Oh, let's see. Uh, I downloaded the latest version of Pokemon Uranium. Uh, been taking care of this puppy. Um, hmm. I thought I had something nerdier. Well, it's now I know from my probably mind. did something nerdy while you were drinking um, uh, seven beers. Did you have any nerdy conversations? Uh, no, actually, we had pretty substantive conversations about our. Our expectations for things to go poorly with a lot of things here in the United States. Uh, oh, you had one of those political drinking situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why there a, were seven of them. The medi- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we'll see. I, I don't want to have to restage the whole conversation here, but uh, nah, yeah, I don't. I don't um, I'll worry about it. Man, now what the hell was it? It wasn't Pokemon Uranium, although I love Pokemon Uranium. And if you haven't played it, you should. You can still download it if you're looking around on Reddit. Um, can you come back to me, I guess? Sure. Um, Mike, what about you? Oh, no, I'm next, huh? I was going to say, Brian, what's nerdy with you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've, I've been, that's a first for Brian. Okay, so, because, so listeners, we are working on getting the episodes to a bi-weekly format instead of weekly and i don't mean twice a week i mean once every other week um we want to do this to increase the quality of our episodes and make it easier to schedule things and and so on and so forth we also want to have hindu anthony back so we're we've been working on that and that occupied a whole lot of my thinking um so i honestly i don't really know what i did that was nerdy this week i mean i played a little hearthstone but i mean um you know what I do. Um, I have been reading Neuromancer by William Gibson, and I have to say this is the first book in a long time that I've read that I have to go back to the beginning of the chapter and go, what in the fuck is going on? I tried to read that book three times, and I was like, this is shit. I just gave up. It's it's just poorly written, man. It's not you. It's that. It's the book. It's the book. I promise. It's all, it's all allusions and allegory and metaphor, and it's... Everything is so intricately described, and he never explains anything. He never explains what a term means. He just says it as if you're supposed to know already. So I've had to stop reading and do research and read cheat sheets to understand what the hell is going on. Like, I was reading for a while before I realized they were in space. (laughs) I'm like, oh, they're on a space station. Okay, go back three chapters now that I realize that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, three chapters. It's it's real, and, and the chapters are really long. Um, they're not like you know, they're not twenty page chapters. They're they're long chapters, 
they, the chapters take about a half hour to read. So I have an idea of what's going on. I'm actually enjoying the book. I mean, I'm, but I, I, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Normally I read really fast. I'd be done by the, with this book by now, but this book's taken a while. This is a tough one. Um, but what keeps me going is I swear Shadowrun basically tore every single little terminology he invented to create their game. Oh, yeah. Neuromancer is largely regarded as one of the first works of cyberpunk. But, like, he invented the terms um, street samurai. I, I, I mean, I, I just assumed that was a Shadowrun thing. I did not know that it was not a Shadowrun thing. I, now I will be using it myself. Yeah, Molly Millions. <sighs> Molly Millions in Neuromancer is a street samurai. And she also has the claws in her hands that are very common in Shadowrun. Um the whole term, the sin, the single identification number—that's sh- that's Neuromancer. The um, it, it's it's amazing how much I, I was like, wow, they they should call it. They should have called it um, Neuromancer and Dragons. <laughs> it and apparently I've been reading some forums, and now this is conjecture because I've been reading it in forums. But apparently William Gibson doesn't like Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? But I've read that his later books are easier to read. Um, I hear that Count Zero is better than Neuromancer, and um, and Mona Lisa Overdrive is supposed to be really, really good. So the only reason I'm reading it is because um, First Lord's F- Fury, the last book of the Codex Alera books by Jim Butcher, I got put five on hold with only one book available in my library app. So I grabbed Neuromancer thinking, I'm going to read an epic classic of sci-fi, and it is so hard to read. This is so shitty. I remember finding it banal to the point where I just couldn't couldn't suffer through it. I was like, his explanation for how the internet works is how it opens, right? Isn't that the first chapter or something? I don't know. The fuck is this thing? This is retarded. This is like somebody. It's like a kid from the '90s explaining the internet. Like I just I just couldn't do it. Being that it was written in 1983. Yeah. No. No. I understand. I understand that. I just. Yeah. I liked. he didn't write it, but I like Snow Crash a lot. Snow Crash was amazing. Yeah, I hear Snow Crash is is like a better. It's like a reboot. <laughs> it's like a better version of Cyberpunk. Oh, it's fantastic! It's a great book. All right, Mikey. Mm. What was nerdy with you this week? I got to run my my uh, Pathfinder game yesterday, Ooh. and it made me incredibly happy. We had a fair, we had we had a really good time, and I actually dropped our alchemist who had just beefed himself with mutagen unconscious with my bruiser tiefling that i had created so like what is it a homebrew campaign are you doing uh Uh, we're we're doing it's a slight homebrew going but i'm using the critical role campaign guide for the setting okay you mean yeah they're 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 in town they're they're in amon to be to be specific yeah the main the capital city of taldore all right, cool. And yeah, they're they're currently in the sewers. Uh, they all thought I they all thought I uh, they pissed me off though. Right, right toward when we were getting close to the end, because they had just beat two pretty tough guys in the sewers, and then I had uh, twenty uh, class uh, ro- uh, members show up and surround them, and they were just like, and they're like, most of them are level two still, <laughs> and so they're like. Great. One of them later said, "Great, we pissed him off. Now he's gonna murder us." <laughs> and that's when the guy started talking to him. And I literally heard one of them go, "Whoo!" <laughs> 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 oh. Uh, 
That's always great when they're like they're like on the cusp of like does the GM and in does the GM intend for this to be combat or they do they intend for it to be diplomatic and it's like the second an NPC starts talking they're like oh <laughs> they're they're more like oh thank God we could have got like maybe because they had that, that that thought you you think of in movies it's like oh I could have got like maybe two or three of them but <laughs> there I was going down and they were like the they have a ninja with them so they're like. He was just like, I got nothing left, man. I got nothing left. <laughs> and they, start, they they ended up begging for sleep. Uh, so wait, that's what I Mike got to do. Prime, did you I, think about? What I did, I did. I, I I forgot that last weekend gets counted into this. So have you guys seen that fantasy map generator thingy? I just sent it in the Skype chat if you hadn't seen it yet. It's great. It's fantastic. You can randomly generate a map for a city super quickly. It looks great. Oh, boy. That's oh. cool. And you can use that in uh, commercial products. You just got to reference the creator and, and, and tell him about it. Uh, so, it's a, yeah. I, I, mm. So, I made... Uh, so, my group... One of my groups is called On Turbine Wings, and they're in Misivakuma, my, uh, you know, the Eastern fantasy steampunk noir setting, or noir steampunk setting. Anyway, and they just finished this, like, big adventure, and they took, they're taking the train as close as they can get to the place where they're trying to get back to, which is uh, Kyufu, the city of fans. And their their goal, as the name implies, is to, like, create a plane or some other type of vehicle that will take them, like, over the Great Divide, this, like, giant energy wall that separates the, the continent of Sobern from the rest of the world, and, like, find out what happened to the rest of the world, because all communication just kind of dropped off face of the planet about 50 years ago. Um, so they're on their way from Saemon, where they did Fangs of Revenge, which is a fantastic adventure that they had a great time doing. Uh, and uh, it was just really, like, a stop. I was like, okay, well, here's the city map, because I can make it in, you know, 10 minutes. And... Uh, what do you guys want to do here? Like, you don't have to spend time here. You can just leave if you want, but, like, this is where the train stops, and you have to make the rest of the, the, the trip on boat or on foot. Um, so, like, oh, well, we're going to go shopping. And they, 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 I, there's another website I use to randomly generate what's what people have available in their shop. And so they go to different potion shops trying to buy poison, and then they, they start going to different scroll shops for the wizard, and Benji spends an inordinate, an inordinate amount of time deciding, changing his mind, deciding, changing his mind, deciding and changing his mind on what scrolls he wanted to buy. And then that night he's like, hey, thief, can you go and steal these scrolls from this place with me? And <laughs> yeah, of course, right? So um, the samurai is like, I'm not getting involved with your, your fucking crazy shit. But the two other characters are rogues and they're like, fuck yeah, we'll do that. And uh, it did not go well. Like they, <laughs> yeah, they it didn't go well. Yeah, right. Like there's there's a spell called alarm. Everybody, it's really easy. It's first level. There's a way to make it permanent. So if you're going to a scroll shop, there's a good chance to have this cheap first level spell around to wake them when somebody comes in. And uh, so the maid shows goes down there, and she's like <laughs> immediately like see invisible, so she can see all the all where they are. And then, like, the rogue starts using their names, being like, oh, no, Uriah, we have to get out of here. <laughs> you still, you idiot. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so they, uh, yeah, they botched uh, this robbery. They still got away with, like, one scroll of telekinesis, so good for them. But they're they're definitely wanted fugitives in the city of, of Koru. And then they were going to, like, take a long rest. And I was like, okay, well, we're probably going to have to stop the game here so I can prepare for when you're finished with your long rest. And they're like, oh, you know what? No, we're not going to take a long rest. We're going to get the hell out of here. Yeah. They're running down to the docks and then uh, relying on the samurai of all people. 
to intimidate uh, some sailors that were like going to port late at night for I'm sure dubious reasons I'll come up with tomorrow. And um, now they're like a good 20, 30 miles from the city upriver. Yeah, this is a good game. Oh, uh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> and in those and in those uh, vital seconds, the city guard was on their ass. <laughs> the city guard did try to get them as they were going down to the docks. Uh, they ended up using the Tanuki Rogue as a decoy, and then she lost them on the rooftops. Nice. That's it's just funnier than crap. I mean, the ro- the the experienced rogue is like <laughs> using names. I love it. That's I uh, couldn't believe it. I was like, Jillian, why did you do that? Like, why didn't you just say, oh, and by the way, my name is Jobot. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, you know, speaking of players, I got I I got to get my I got to to scare my rogue for the first time today or yesterday. He's going down a set of stairs. He goes up to the set of stairs and he he walks a good forty feet and he and gets to. And he makes a perception. He, I have him do it, run a perception to see if he's like, there's any traps on the walls. He's like, he, there were not. He doesn't find any. And then he rolls for the first few steps of the stairs he has to go down. And I, I, he rolls. He got like, he's like, oh, duh, I only got a 13. And oh. I went, okay. And I was like, okay. And I was like, good. Doesn't look like there's any traps. It looks pretty safe. He's like, okay. And he, he he's like, all right, I, I take my first step. He goes, okay, when you take your first step onto the stairs, you, <laughs> uh, next thing you know, and he's, they, I hear him go, ah, oh, and I was like, nothing happens. You're cool. <laughs> so, so it, it was great. Cause he just, cause he did what you, what you want everybody to do is, which is, huh? oh, <laughs> so it was great. <sighs> Voting. Voting. Let's get All some right. voting. Mike Prime, you're up. Uh, I will you give four. two four. widgets to each of you. Oh, That's you what see. you do every time. <laughs> You've caught on to my game. Using your system. Dun, dun, dun. I am going to give um, three to myself because oh. I am very proud of myself for making it through this This really hard to read book i'm 50 percent through right now (laughs) i deserve something for this (laughs) and i am going to give how do i pick between you know sorry michael mike is running his own game that he actually like developed so he gets my last widget to be fair i didn't develop the game i just developed the world and i just i just i bullshit as i go along Okay, you lose your widget. I give it to Michael. Ah! Yay! You can run away with it, Mike, or you can give it to Brian. What are you doing? I give all of them to Mike Myler. Oh, no! So what, that's four? Well, he didn't want to see you. You have none. I still win, but I mean, it's nice. I mean, you got four, Michael has three, and I have five. All right, I'll take my silver. I'll take my silver. I, I mean, I subjectively believe that Reading Neuromancer beats anything any week because I have to say, just enduring this book. <laughs> it is very, really very bad. Good. Like this is why I didn't. I, I tried three times because my wife has copy. My friend got me a copy from for my birthday one year, and like I just, it's just a bad book, man. Like, if I love it Cyberpunk. was written differently, it would be really int- differently. It would be really interesting because I mean, it's about a freaking computer hacker that meets with this like street warrior person and they're serving this like zombie guy the guy that had his his personality reconstructed and they're working with this dude who can create illusions with holograms to do a heist on a space station 
But you, I mean, I didn't figure out that that was what was going on until I was halfway through the book. And I had to go online <laughs> and look up like cheat sheet. I mean, people have written cheat sheets to be able to understand what the hell is going on. And I had to look up a glossary because he uses words without explaining what they are. I mean, I do that, but you, there's a limit. You can't do that so much that it makes it too difficult to read. Like, you have to have enough context for people to be able to figure out what those words mean, you know? Oh, it, my gosh. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, this guy won. He was, like, the first person to win all three major sci-fi awards for the book. Yeah, no, I know how good it's supposed to be. I'm aware. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> funny, though, that um, one of the neat stories about when he wrote it was... Blade Runner came out right before he was he was after he got told it was going to be published. Oh, and wow. he was like, no one's going to like my book. They're just going to think I ripped it off. Blade and, Runner is intensely oh, forward anyway. And it was a huge hit, even though it's impossible to read. Well, it came out when everybody was high on cocaine. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't get it. <laughs> no right, man, I totally I, get it. I get it. I understand. Don't you see? Don't you see? From chapter three, he says he explains in chapter three what the word was. I can see that happening. Thirty hundred bathrooms. Huh. <laughs> All right, Michael, we got we got some time to talk about. We got about twenty minutes to talk about our topic before Mike has to start talking about leaving. So <laughs> I like the way you put that before he has to start talking about leaving. Um. Oh. So. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about treasure. Not like, oh, my family's my treasure. Oh, this is my treasure. No. No. Today we are talking about loot. Gold. The giant wood chest with metal straps rung around it that holds the glittery goodness that is treasure in RPGs. Specifically. Was it John Mulaney who says, how come... How come, um, oh, was it, was it John Mulaney or a different stand-up that said, how come pirates always pick a chest that's too small for all the treasure? I think it was John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yes, today we are talking about treasure in, mo- in uh, most, if not all, RPGs and video games. So it, we just happened to have a game designer on this morning, and this wasn't what planned. Fuck? What um, fuck? Mike... Tell us a little bit about treasure when it comes to game design. Well, in uh, most tabletop RPGs, uh, you're playing a resource game. So uh, you're expected to expend, you know, a third of your resources uh, three times a day across, you know, three fights or challenges. And uh, treasure works into that in a very codified manner. Uh, Pathfinder has the best example of that. There's like a, here's how much treasure you get per encounter, depending on how hard the encounter is. And also, if you start at 13th level, here's how much treasure you would get if you're a PC. Or, if you're making an NPC, this is how much treasure you would get. Because it's all like this secondary system of, of bonuses that you add on to your character. So, like, it's weird if you start at a high level and don't have uh, the requisite amount of treasure. You'll have less statistical power. So, it's, a, it's the most disposable and consumable way to handle resources in most tabletop RPGs. That's probably not the answer you wanted. Uh, it's it's the fun stuff you get for adventuring. No, it sounds about right. <laughs> I I like the how you you mentioned that it's a resource game. How I have to say that most of the games I've played with, 
before I figured this out, where when they get disposable resources in games, as far as treasure, they don't use them. They hold on to them forever. And it's like, you know, you should use these things. And then I started playing organized play where people are where you can't keep treasure. So they're like, use it the second they find it. And you you start noticing that the game functions a whole lot better when people are actually using disposable resources. But how am I supposed to beat the final boss if I don't have 99 ethers? I don't get that joke. Oh, really? Oh, come on. You never. So like when you play Final Fantasy, any any Final Fantasy, you use your elixirs and like really good items. You don't save them for the very end. I never played Final Fantasy. <gasps> Hold on. How, how do I not know this about you? Do, do I know this about you? Why I have never you... played any Final Fantasy. Who are you? Except for a teeny tiny bit of the original one on NES. Dude. Um, oh, man. I feel like Rowdy Roddy Piper fuck, in that movie. Know. And I just put on sunglasses and looked at you and realized you're not a person. <laughs> Oh, that's harsh. That's harsh. And just so you know, I just ran out of bubble gum. Yeah, seriously, though, you should play... Which Try. one should we send him at? I think he'd like nine best. Honestly. Oh, yeah, I think nine would be right up his yeah. alley. Yeah, you would try out nine, man. Dude's got a tail. You'll have fun. I, I will consider it. Or I will just watch <laughs> a YouTube video of people playing it. Um. Yeah, okay. That would work, dude. That's a, that's a fun play. That's a fun let's play. That'd be a fun yeah. one to watch. I um do have to. I'm gonna write that down so I actually do that. Yeah, no, like I'm serious. I think you really would enjoy nine. Like seven is the one that everyone points to, and like that was amazing because it was seven's fucking seven's amazing. Oh my god, you. No I mean, there's a reason why they're rebooting it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, I don't get it. You, I don't get it at all. Nine, I think, would just fit you better, and and the story. Yeah, yeah, the story, the the animation styles, everything. I think it would fit how you perceive these games a lot better well for a first topic when talking about treasure i wanted to talk about pooping gold because one of my first experiences poop gold yep <laughs> one of my first experience gold. with video games was dragon warrior on the nes and one of the first oh, monsters wow. you fight in that game is a slime and you would go out and you'd wander around the map until you had a random encounter and you fight the slime and you'd get xp and you'd get gold and it didn't dawn on me at the time that that was strange. <laughs> and I don't think I ever realized it until we talked about putting it like like putting it as a topic on here. And I thought I was like, yeah, that's so weird. They do poop gold. Yeah. Um, I've heard the term pooping gold and I've played in games like I was playing like I played a lot of role playing games with people who hadn't played role playing games before. And they'll kill a creature and go, how much gold do I get? And I went. What do you think? They poop it? <laughs> like, well, in most cases. Well, even most enemies do. I mean, if you think about it, when you loot the when you loot the bodies in most tabletops, you normally find at least a few gold. Unless you're fighting a creature that would have no reason to have any. Um, well, in that case, you give them something in their bellies. Like, you're yeah, like oh, you cut open the stomach and you find two pearls worth 17 gold. Or you, find, or you find a half-eaten uh, leather sack that has what's yeah, go. going out. Like, I've, I've had jams do that for us. Or, or it time, has to like do with the environment. Up. It has to do with the environment that you fought the monster. Like, there happens to be in a monster that had a room where adventurers had died fighting the monsters, so those exactly. adventurers have some gold on them. Or I, you can sell the Hydra's eyes for X number of gold the next time you're in a town, and to speed things up, you're like, yeah, you don't have to put the Hydra's eyes. You just Here's your 40 gold. That's what you get when you sell them. Yeah, the, I I 
I like the evolution of the system because I knew that in original, like older RPGs, like D and D, like basic D and D, you would just find treasure every time you fought creatures, and it never, it it generally, I mean, when I don't know which adventure writers started doing it, but they didn't really explain context at first. You just found treasure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And you use treasure generation tables for monsters. It's true. But I, 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 I. I like the idea that in modern games, they explain the context. Like, I've been playing Pathfinder Kingmaker, and mm. when you fight, like, a bandit, the bandit will have his gear and some gold. And if you fight, like, a lion, a lion, the lion doesn't have any gold, but you can skin its hide and then sell it. I was pissed that you can't skin the bandits. I was like, <laughs> why, can't, why can't I start skinning these things? Like, I want to make a gnome cloak. Why not? Oh, oh god! I know you, you can play evil characters in that game. You should be able to skin the bandits. I know, I know, I agree. I mean, it makes sense, being that you're the mind that you're you're the mind behind the Book of Exalted Darkness. Yes, I could imagine you skinning bandits in real life. That's something you just do as a hobby, right? Well, no, no, I'm actually a very lawful, good, nice guy. Uh, but I love thinking about not He has a nice bandit tan, uh, leather tanning shop set up in his garage. He's got he's got a few hides drying out. Tanning bed, thing. free tanning bed use. <laughs> Highwaymen beware in 2018. Mike Myler will skin you. They <laughs> lean in the car window. Give me all your give me all your money. Give me your skin. What? <laughs> Come inside and take it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your money. You got it, dude. Uh, my arm kind of hurts. You're going to have to reach in to get it. And that's when they get the chloroform. Yeah. Wake up in the scariest, like, leather face style basement ever. And <laughs> Does this smell like $200 to you? <laughs> you just heard it on this podcast. Mike Myler has a scary leather face basement in his house. Where he uh, skins and turns skins bandits and turns them into leather suits. It's but they're you know they're only those like old fashioned type bandits like brigands and highwaymen. They're not like modern muggers. Don't worry, yeah. I only get the bad bandits. Everyone only the bad. Yeah. So he doesn't like you know always work. <laughs> so um, still on the topic of video games, Mike, you suggested this, and I, I and you were talking about Fallout, but you're talking about micromanagement. Yeah. I have a great thing to add to this. You go ahead and share yours, and then I'll share mine when it comes to video games. So I have probably burned weeks of my life evaluating, like, uh, should I pick up this item in Skyrim or Fallout to sell at the shop later? Is it worth five gold per one pound or not? And uh, it's just silly. And we don't, like, I don't think I'm the only person who does it. But, like, yeah, yeah, I can't help but, like, pick up every fucking thing imaginable to sell at the shop later just because it's there and can be sold. I played a little Diablo 3 yesterday, and Diablo 3 has a stash, and I literally spent a half hour organizing my stash. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, the, you, you, you're moving the gems around onto one tab, and then you label the tabs in the stash and make sure that they're labeled appropriately and then move everything around. And, oh, no, now I have to work really hard and get that achievement in game so I can get an extra stash tab so I have a place to hold for this character. <laughs> yep. And, like, will, will you ever... Like, that that becomes, like, the goal of it. Just the organizing. It's not the selling. and it, Like, part... It becomes... A part of the game. Yeah, it's a mini game within the game. It's it's 
it's everyone likes Tetris, so they play Tetris with their gear. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, gear Tetris. I like that. Have Have you micromanaged anything in any games, Mikey? I yeah, actually, for me, I micromanage my Pokemon Go, uh, uh, Pokemon inventory quite uh, quite closely. I just realized something. Oh, What's shit. that? Pokemon got it down because your Pokemon are your your ass are your treasure. Yeah, um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, they are. Yeah. And yeah, so Pokemon Go, I I I manage, I micromanage what I want to keep, why I want to keep it, and how much of it I keep very closely. So now we're gonna dig deep into RPG GMing or adventure writing, alternatives to currency. So in um, in classic fantasy RPG games, you have gold. In sci-fi games, you have um, credits or units or whatever that your specific sci-fi game uses. Um, modern games, you have money. Um, but when you find treasure, when you find things that are alternatives to tread currency, what kind of things do you find, Mike Prime? Um, I think it would depend on the world, but typically it's... Uh Magic items and um, well, I, I don't mean magic items. I mean alternatives to currency, like things like art objects, technology, gems, things that aren't magic items. That are instead of giving someone a whole bunch of gold, you're giving them something that they can sell. Oh well, I mean, I don't know if I've ever gone past uh, gems. Occasionally, like land estates. Like I've had a couple people who got buried. Really, land? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've never thought ones. about having players find a deed. Um, it's more like they're awarded for it. Like, the, oh, thank you for doing this quest for me. I'm the king. Now you can have this fiefdom over here. I always yeah. try to come up with creative art objects because I like the art object table. So I try to find my own thing. So like, I'll come up with like, you find a silver comb with an etching in it that says to Yolanda with love. And I find that when I do that, my players will want to keep the art objects. That's cool. They, like. Yeah, you find a little statue of a dragon. Like that's going in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, my favorite was you find a little statue of a dra- of a dragon in battle with a knight, but the face of the knight looks uncannily like the rogue in the party, and the rogue is immediately like, "That's mine," <laughs> and it's worth two thousand gold. We're not selling it. And the entire party groans, and they're like, "I'm, it's mine." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's mine. <laughs> I, I love the idea of coming up with creative treasure in the game that is only for selling, but it might be something they want to keep just because they think it's cool. Yeah, in Fangs of Revenge, they got the blueprints for a locomotive engine. And they're like, maybe we can keep these and, and use them and change them to use it for our you know, our plane thing. So, I mean, I guess I, I do use it more often than I thought. A plot device is, uh, is something that I'll sometimes reward with. In um, Pathfinder games... In the Adventure Pass, there's a reoccurring item that falls into treasure all the time, and it's um, a statue of two intertwined succubi. Okay. I believe it's a James Jacobs plot seed that he's had this treasure pop up in different adventures over time because there's something later they want to do with it, or it's just something he likes and he just wants to add to the culture of the game. He he, uh, posted on one of my uh, EN World columns the the other week. It's cool. Oh, you're just like name dropping, like hey, yeah. It was. It was cool, and it wasn't even a column about Pathfinder stuff. It's just like I've been using Pathfinder stat blocks and converting them for this specific column. 
He was like, oh, these are awesome to read. Like, okay, cool. I've been trying. I've been running Starfinder, and I've been trying to come up with new ways of having them find things that they're not necessarily going to sell that they might want to keep. And I was thinking you could do gadgets, like you find you find a um, a snap a slap chop. <laughs> <laughs> I got a slap chop. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I like, I um I, oh, I've I had him like find bulk before. Hmm? I've had him find bulk like common items before. Like, oh, do you guys find like? You know, a hundred of these things that are worth like twenty gold a piece, and it's in a giant box. So now you gotta find somebody to distribute it, and then I tax them for it, and yeah. Yeah, you can do that thing where you have them find art objects or trade objects that aren't really worth anything unless they're sold to a specific person. So you can do it like a quest seed where they have to find the an- the antiquities dealer that might pay them more for the item. Yes, indeed, I do do that. Yes. So did I discover something that? You're you you take for complete granted. You're like, no, nah, I don't normally do art objects, but then you realize that you do that kind of thing on occasion. Uh, it's normally like uh, technological information, and and uh, like I can't think of like when I was last time I was like, oh, and you get a statuette that's you know like this. Um, yeah, it's it's mostly like technical information that they they resell or or yeah, bulk goods. I actually, I actually use it for a specific reason, and Mike Mikey, you might appreciate this since you're planning your campaign yeah. right now. Yeah, um, I do it when I'm lazy and I don't want to count all the golden encounter. <laughs> so I go instead of finding all these coins, you find this object worth this much. Oh, that'll help. Oh, it really does. You're like oh, yeah. I, you find an ivory, a, a, a tusk of an elephant with carvings in it, and it's worth a crap ton of money because you don't want to do the you don't want to do. You find this much gold, this much platinum, this many gems, etc. You just come up yeah. with an object that's worth that much and give it to them. I have. It's even funnier if you give them something that's like <laughs> that, like weighs a ton. Oh yeah, <laughs> and make them if it's like if you guys want that gold, you gotta lug this to some. Gotta hire people to haul it back to town. That's <laughs> what so my well, rogue have... uses the bag of holding for. Is just it's a loot bag. That's it. Nice. Well, you know, what's funny is. You know, alternative to cur- alternatives to currency. Uh, I have my outline, my alchemist. <clears throat> in their first game, they found uh, this little lean-to liquor shop, and he bought so much alcohol. And he now tries to use a lot of the bottles that he bought as an alternative to currency. It's like when they're bribing guards, he's like holding out for a few gold, and he's like, "They're like, well, you know, I got this uh, really nice bottle here of a uh, imperial stout." It could just happen to roll your way if you don't tell anybody we came through this gate. And he does stuff like that so much. That's cool. It's very roguey. And you know yeah, what? I came, it works. <laughs> I came across that same bit of logic a long time ago. I've even used it in Pathfinder Society because it's like it's easier to convince someone to take a bribe if you're giving them a gift than just giving them money. It's true. Oh, yeah, for sure. Plus, when it's in the middle of the night and the guard doesn't like his job anyway... Yeah, I mean, you, you give him cash, he's just like he'll he'll just be insulted that you're bribing him. But if you give him a bottle of whiskey, that's different. Oh, yeah. he's I believe he gave him a bottle of Thordex. No, it was a th- yeah Thordex Imperial Stout 18x alcohol, and it and and when they they asked uh, the guy who was selling it, does more X is more X is good? He goes, uh. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> he actually took he actually took an alk uh, Kim uh, 
an alchemy check and was like, yeah, this might be flammable. So <laughs> magical been- items. Um, Mike Prime, you you were you were anxious to talk about this. Oh yeah. Um, do you rely on magical items for the treasure more than currency or things that are worth trade or money? Um, yeah, because magic items are fun and they are the. Uh, so I was talking about like additional resources that the party has uh, to use to their advantage. Like it's one thing to have like fifty sets of climbing gear, but uh, it's a little different to have like you know beads you can throw that explode or whatever um and uh specifically for fifth edition i've been using my position as the editor of the insider to get people to make different uh enchanted trinkets we call them that are like not very powerful magic items so like it's like a butter knife you can stab somebody with and deal a point of fire damage which is useful if it's a thing that's like you know resistant to regular weapons or whatever vulnerable to fire or something um and uh then you can break it to do something like really impressive uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been giving my people trinkets almost every single time they find a decent treasure hoard now. What's a good example of one of them? Uh, the butter knife, which, which normally you just use to, like, perfectly toast some bread while you're, like, cutting it. Um, or, uh, or... Oh, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah, basically, it was like, like, like that. And then, uh, she's been using it to deal sneak attack damage on stuff that's resistant to magic. She's a rogue. And then, I think she... She might have tried to break it once already, but it managed to survive, so it did, like, a D4 fire damage instead of just one fire damage. Um, what did the wizard get? The wizard got some kind of magic book. I forget exactly what it did. I'm sure he knows, and I'll find out tomorrow when he uses it again. But, yeah, yeah, they're, they're all, like, really tiny, innocuous things that, uh, all in all, like, maybe, like, a plus one bonus or some really small, and then you can break it if you want to have, like, a, a real a real magic item moment as opposed to an enchanted trinket. I have some magical items sitting in my loot pools for my players. And I can't wait for them to, they found one of them found one of the magical items and I was really happy about it. Um, and I, what's funny is the person who found it is the one person that like it, it the, because it's a cursed item also. So like the one it's not going to affect them very well because it's, uh, well, they found, well, it's kind of a minor curse, but it's uh, the the acts of exile. You can never return. You can't. You cannot go within a mile of your home settlement. And the person who found it is like, I'm never going home. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just like, damn it. <laughs> well, you can you can you can spin that later on by including a part of the adventure where they have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> you hear about a gigantic treasure hoard in your hometown? Son of a bitch. <laughs> or, you, or you could have fun with it and be like, "There's a big there. There's a big celebration in the hometown for the party, and they're going to do all this great stuff for the party." But that one guy can't go. Well, that's the thing is, if you do go to the home settlement, you start taking uh, negative buffs uh, every, for each hour you're within the settlement. Ooh, harsh. Like you basically start getting the the ex- you start getting exhaustion points. I think as far as minor items go. One thing I like to do is just go through the gear chapter and come up with like, okay, it's a backpack. It's the it's a normal like high quality masterwork backpack that can hold that that treats your strength as too higher for carrying your gear. But you know this one's magical, so it counts it as three higher. (laughs) (laughs) Or, um, I mean, you can go through and just find any of the normal items. I, I think I used Alchemist Fires plus one at one point. Yeah. Or holy waters plus one. I did that too, where they found holy waters that did an additional point of damage. 
Um, my favorite one of those, there's a Shenchi Cola Plus in Hypercore 2099, where like if you're a, a spellcaster or something, you can drink it to regain a spell slot of second level or lower. And I just and love it's the like idea. an energy drink? Yeah, it's a mana potion energy drink that they you can like buy out of a out of a you know a stand provided you have enough money. That's a neat thing to do. Like take something like a healing potion, and like they find a special healing potion that still heals you, but it also um, gives you a bonus to your charisma for twenty minutes. <laughs> because it was like it was made by a very vain spellcaster that not only wanted to heal their scars but wanted to make them look better. That's good. Well, you know, uh, like small items. My I had my guys. They found. 20 feet of they found 20 feet of chain and but uh, it was a mithril infused chain so the 20 feet of chain actually weighed about 15 pounds less uh, and which they the guy they gave it to to hold it was a good thing because if he if it would weighed regular he would have been super encumbered in grim traps there's yeah. um a magical gold coin that when you put it in your pouch with your other gold over a long period of time, it eats the gold. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I like that so much. And um, they had a version of it where it not only eats the gold, but it reproduces. So you can, it doesn't eat all the gold, like it eats the gold, but something, but, but it like splits off asexually into other fake gold coins. So you're missing your gold, but you have like 10% of it left. But that ten percent is the um, the creature. Is the creature. So if you use it, you then propagate this disease of gold throughout the economy. Oh my gosh! Fantastic. There's there's an item I want to. Either, it's a magical item. It's uh, the Book of Mist spell, and it's a spell book that the the spells are they're misspelled. There, it's the the spells are misspelled to look like really good, like good spells, but they're not. So like uh, message is actually massage. Mage armor is mage armoire. Fold mm-hmm. person is fold person. Yeah. Speak with, speak with dead is speak with dad. Ice storm is ick storm. Teleport is telpoot is teleport and wish is wash. It sounds like a April Fool's Day Dragon Magazine article. Oh, it's beautiful. I was reading this and I was like, oh, and I want to give it to them so bad, but. Nobody uses spell books there. Oh. And they're they only have a sorcerer. They don't have a wizard. Stupid. Well, what's fun is their sorcerer. Uh, the sorcerer is also took a, a level in bard. <laughs> so she's a she's got lightning magic for through the sorcerer and everything and and really and dance performance through her bard. We just finished a campaign. Uh, and my character, I was playing, this is the, Mur- the Murtaugh one, where I play Captain Murtaugh, but as, like, a medieval guard. He ended... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Did I not tell you guys about Captain Murtaugh? I don't remember this. I probably wasn't on for this one. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's, that's for another time. But I wanted to bring him up, because he's a fighter, Eldritch Knight 5, Paladin 2, Shadow Sorcerer 2, Great Old One, Warlock 1. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's wonderful. I used this as a nerdy thing a while back, but I made a character that was multi-classed with all the martial classes in Pathfinder. Yeah, it was surprisingly is, effective. Uh, he gets away with it in 5e because a lot of a lot of uh, oomph gets put into Paladin Smite, 
And you don't have to use paladin spells to smite. You can use any old spell. So. Well, that's good. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. Have uh, look up the Puffin Forest video. Uh, absurd. He literally makes a. I think it was a 14th level character that has every. It's he takes takes one in every single class. I was going that way, but it's, I had to have a dump stat. My dump stat had been Dex, so there's no rogue levels. Which is um, oh. we have a little bit of time to talk about treasure in different eras and i was wondering what mike prime had his take on this was um, in a stone age game how do you do treasure i would fall back on technology again um so like a, a really nice wheel would be worth a lot that's what i was that's what i'm saying a really nice shiny wheel hey that guy just has that guy's uh, black obsidian rock is a lot sharper than mine yeah yeah when you you know when you're talking about stone age there's no currency so it's it's tough. It's like, how do you do treasure? I mean, it changes the entire thing on its head. You'd have to design a new system. Uh, we'll see. I'm working on a um, a Stone Age, well, Bronze Age, a Bronze Age thing. Bronze Age is a little easier. Yeah, there's a little bit of metalworking going on. Uh, it'd be bronze. Be uh, bronze. Yes. Well, uh, iron. There's a little bit of iron. Yeah, I've some been iron. Experiencing the challenge of sci-fi games. Um, Treasure is different. It's just so different. I mean, finding credits is like, because it's all digital, so it's like, oh, you found a credit stick, but it's, you know, it's it's not in your name. <laughs> and so far, you can, you got stuff like influence and reputation that you can reward, you know? That's a good idea. That's true. And they can also find technological items that might not be in the book, because, you know, technolo- technology is so vast that you can just come up with something in everyday life that's not in any book and they can get it. Or or you could have them get um, cred gift cards. So it's, so it's like credits, but there it's on a gift card, so there's no name. It just says like just says like valued customer or something. <laughs> I mean, come on. If Visa gift cards have taught us anything. So I think we're going to lose you, Mike. No. No. Oh, nay. <laughs> Do you have enough time to hang out for a movie described badly, or do you have uh, to get going? I can probably wait a little bit. I have a thing that starts at one, and I would like a chance to make food. Oh, All right, and so we dog needs one. to go out, but she's asleep, so. It's a good pepper. Well. All right, so what's the movie? Um, I'll go ahead and go first, since Mike Prime is hungover. He probably needs some time to think about it. Mm. Um, a, um... Are we all doing the same movie, or is it different movies? Different movies. We'll, okay, we'll, cool. we, we do them and try to guess what they are. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, a, um, an American invades a foreign territory, murders the local leadership, and then struggles to get out. Ooh. Long Live the Alamo? No. That's not that. Uh, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Wizard of Oz. Uh, oh. Is she Yes. Anybody yeah. else got one? She didn't invade. She got taken there, didn't she? In the beginning of the thing, uh, she gets taken by a tornado? That's semantics. That's- oh, okay. All right. Um, two guys go to a um, kingdom of lizards and have to fight their way out, taking a lady with them? No, wait. I can't remember if that's how it ends or not. 
They go to the Kingdom of Lizards and fight their way out. And everyone is supremely disappointed. V? Not V. I don't know. It's the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, my God. Oh, that was good. Oh, and was everybody good. is supremely disappointed. I thought it might be a terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, objectively, it's not. Yeah, I mean, if they had just not called it Mario Brothers and taken those parts out, it would have been a really neat movie. Mikey, you're up. All right, let's see here. Guy, guy's living living a happy bachelor life, and then he and his buddy got to go find got to go got to go find a chick, uh, help her get then take her to uh, get married. Then there's Smash Mouth. Shrek. There we go. <laughs> I couldn't really come up with it. I couldn't come up with a good one. I, I for Shrek, I would think like um, um, guy falls in love with a girl who refuses to wear makeup. Huh. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so um, now that we're at the end, Mike Prime, mm. do you have anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I mean, I got stuff you can go buy. You know, check out MikeMiler.com. There are links there to lots of neat things. I found something really cool this week called uh, Soul Saga. And it's this dude making a spiritual successor to Skies of Arcadia. Uh, you can join the Patreon that he's got for like a dollar to get access to the beta. I played for like an hour. Uh, it's it's pretty dope, man. Honestly, I'm, I'm really stoked about it. Uh, Skies of Arcadia is, is a neat world, and it's the same thing. It's like airships everywhere, and like islands floating above the uh, the planets. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh my god, this is a diamond in the rough. So if you enjoy uh, Japanese RPGs at all, check out Soul Saga. Although it is not something I'm involved with. Um, find Mike Goodness at uh, the E Insider Patreon at MikeMiler.com, and I'm on the Twitter at MikeMiler2, and on Facebook and MeWe and Google and all that shit. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So happy about that. Well, that's our episode, Mikey. That's our episode. And again, Mr. Uh, Mike Prime-Myler, thank you for coming. And uh, it's been a while since I've been able to be on an, on an episode with you. So it was good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a couple months. Yeah, it's been a bit for me. Been a bit. Big big whirlwind rush over here at my place. <laughs> <laughs> so, but had a lot of fun talking about Treasure. Uh, Give me some a lot of good ideas for what I'm going to do to my players. I mean, what I'll have in store for them. I mean, what I can give them. Torture them relentlessly. Oh, I love course. how we were focusing on magical atoms, and we mostly talked about cursed atoms. We're sadists. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I haven't even mentioned Tsukumugami. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, I'm sure we'll be able to, to put uh, at least a treasure section in, another ep- in an episode about RPGs, and we will get you in on that one. I'm sure of it. So, but for today, this has been really fun. To, this has been actually really fun. I've liked listening to you guys talk about uh, some of this because that's why I got a little quiet because I was enjoying hearing how you guys go when I was taking notes. <laughs> so, but uh, I was your host, Special Mikey. Long me was Super Vegan Brian. Goodbye, nurse. And the one, the only, Mike Prime Myler. Better uh, Yes. Uh, thanks. Thanks again for having me, and all y'all have a, a great day. Oh, we will, we will. And as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay off. Take away my crime, Brian, get him off. Ah.